You guys, for the last month, have been in one of my favorite scriptures, Acts chapter um, 3. You've been going through uh, this incredible message, um, a story of healing. And it demonstrates a couple of things, the power of healing and how it's kind of a two-way street because when you notice in the interaction, it it, it requires Peter to walk up and, and have the courage to exercise this faith that he had in Jesus Christ. And it required the courage of a lame beggar to do something he knew he couldn't do. Uh, so today we're going to explore that a little bit. We're going to go into it. And I know you guys have been in the scripture, so I'm, I'm believing the Lord's going to give you some fresh insight today as to what this scripture can mean inside of your life. So as Pastor Micah said, take some notes. Um, I always like to take notes when I hear a preacher preaching because there might be a little bit of gold in there and I don't want to leave it in the sanctuary. I want to take it with me uh, out of this place so that I can go back and and uh, check it out. Also, I, I was also made aware that these, the notes and everything are online as well, but that doesn't mean you don't take your own notes because there might be something that gets said that's not in those notes. So without any uh, further ado, let's turn to Acts chapter three. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter three, verse one. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, glad it wasn't the wrong hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. What an amazing miracle. Powerful miracle. I look, at, I look inside of this scripture and there's some things, particularly in verses 7 through 10, that's what we're going to explore today, verses 7 through 10, uh, that just jump out and are, they're, they're so practical, yet at the same time, they're so challenging in faith. Let's look at Acts chapter 3, verse 7. It says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly, everybody say instantly, <laughs> instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. I love that instantly because something had to be decided in the spirit before it could be manifest in the flesh. The man knew he couldn't stand up. The man knew he couldn't walk. He was at the place where people go to beg. He had been carried there as he had been every single day. He knew he was not capable of walking. Yet when Peter said, look at us, silver, gold, I don't have, but I will give you what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he reaches out and he grabs him by the hand. And in a moment, the man had to make a decision. Do I believe? Do I believe this is possible? See, how long had this man been lame? Since birth. What happens when you don't use muscles? They atrophy. If you've ever broken an arm or a leg, the muscles that support that arm or leg shrink from a lack of use. But if you see someone who's never walked, it's not, it's not much more than a little bit of sinew and bone covered by skin. There's no musculature. So he knew he could not walk. 
That's what he was aware of. I wonder what you're aware of that you know you cannot do. Yet the right voice at the right time, representing the right God, came and gave him an opportunity to believe. An opportunity to believe. When Brenda and I first got married, she... um, she had been raised in a, in, a, in a tough environment and she had people who were very influential in her life speak to her and tell her, you're not college material. You're just not. You, you just don't do well in school. You're just not college material. And this had been ingrained in her. She knew she could not go to college. So we get married and me being some, you know, crazy man from East Texas, I'm like, hey, what'd you always want to do with your life? Because we met, she was my waitress at Slick Willie's Family Pool Hall in Houston, Texas. And I was like, certainly you did not only aspire to be a cocktail waitress. There's got to be more than you aspire to. I didn't know Jesus then. So y'all gonna have to, you know, I'm a work in progress. So I'm not, I hadn't arrived like all y'all have. And so I said, what'd you always want to do with your life? She said, well, I always wanted to be a teacher, but I'm not college material. I was like, well, what does that mean? She's like, well, I'm, I just, I didn't do good in school. And I'm just not college material. I'm like, girl, you can do, yeah, you can do college. I, of course, had not done college, but I was confident. (laughs) So she went back to school, married, two kids, working. We didn't have two nickels to rub together, but we scrapped enough money for her to go to a little community college, and she got an associate's degree. Well, she kept going. She got a bachelor's degree. Became a teacher. She kept going. Got a master's degree. And now she trains teachers. And now she's the best teacher I've ever even heard of. There's some educators in here. You're not as good as my wife. I'm sorry. That's all right. But somebody had to tell her, you can do something you can't do. I wonder what you think you can't do. You can't start that business. You, you, you can't go back and finish that education. You can't, you can't put money and save towards retirement. You can't tithe. You can't tithe because, man, the price of gas is crazy right now. And bills, energy prices are going up. Everything's expensive. I don't have the money to tithe. Man, you don't have the money not to tithe. That's right. Do you have faith is the question. So this question is put forth and he took him by the hand and instantly the man's ankles were, ma- were made strong. And I, I think about how glorious God's creation in humanity is. The wor- harder you work something, the stronger it gets. The harder you work something, the stronger it gets. If you are, if you are the type of person who, who likes lifting weights, if you eat right, put the right fuel in and lift weights, there will be a change. There will be a result. But it's not just the body, it's the mind and it's the spirit as well. If you work the mind, it gets sharper and stronger. And if you work your spirit, it gets sharper and stronger. It gets, it gets more capable of bearing a larger load. Sometimes you have to be willing to do what you've never done to receive your miracle. So the question is, are you willing? Are you willing to trust God to give you the strength to do what you know you cannot do? Verse 8 says, he jumped up, stood on his feet, And began to walk, then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with him. Wait a minute. Not only were his legs strengthened enough to walk, which is a visible sign of the miracle, things that no one could see were instantaneously developed. 
You see, I, I've thought about that picture. Peter reaches, reaching down and he, and he pulls him up and suddenly there's got to be some evidence of strength in those legs. So did instantly musculature develop right in front of everyone that could be seen around his ankles. He, he developed dexterity, the ability to stand. He, he's, he's supporting his weight. And the command wasn't to run and leap and jump. It was just walk. But instantly the strength was developed. So maybe there was evidence of the strength and people could see that. But how, how do you have balance? How did, he, how did he, you know, you watch a baby when they're learning to walk. I mean, it's a big, I better not do, I'll blow a knee out if I keep doing that. How did he develop the things that people couldn't see? You know, I believe God can go so far beyond our current need and the thing that we're praying for. And he can, he can, he can move in a way that goes beyond the visible. When the children of Israel are going to cross the Jordan River, Joshua, their leader, commands the priests to go down and put their feet in the water. And they put their feet in the water. The Jordan River was a mile wide at flood stage. A mile wide. They, they, there's no way they could cross this mile wide river. So they just needed the water to go across. Let all that water get out and they'll cross in the mud. But read that scripture in Joshua 3. They don't cross in the mud. They cross in the dry ground. That means that when the water stood up in a heap 19 miles away in, at the city of Adam, it drains all the way out. They were ready to cross that river, but God wasn't done with the miracle. He sucked the water out of the dirt, took away the mud, and they crossed on dry ground. God has no desire to solve your current problem just so you can get to the next problem. He wants to go beyond your, the, your, your current problem to the source of your problem. But it begins with a little bit of faith. Do you believe that God can not only handle the issue that you're dealing with today, but the root source of that issue? And what's the content and the measure of your prayer? Are you praying, Lord, just give me, give me through this one. Give me through another day. Verse 9. Oh, oftentimes miracles reach beyond the obvious and can change things no one can see. It, here was a thought. Sometimes people will say, my wife and I, we're having an argument or we're in a rut. Lord, just, just calm her down a minute. Well, there might be a root source back behind that, and it may not be her, big fella. It may be you. Somebody's getting delivered today. Sometimes the problem goes beyond the obvious. The man's problem wasn't only that he didn't have strength. He didn't have coordination or balance. He didn't have dexterity. He didn't have the ability to move. He didn't know how to walk. It was more than just a strength issue. So when Peter says, get up and walk, there's a whole lot that goes into that equation, not just strength, which is part of it. And inside of the problems of your life, it might be the visible thing, the evidence that people see, but there might be a whole lot behind it that nobody else knows. So you have to be honest with God. You have to be honest with the person looking back at you from the mirror and look into the depth and the core of the issues that you're dealing with in life. Verse nine, all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. Peter didn't tell him, get up, walk in, praise God. That was the natural overflow of the content of his character. And that's a powerful point. I didn't realize how powerful that point was until I started realizing there are such a thing as defeated Christians. You ever heard of a defeated Christian? Are you about to? <laughs> defeated Christians are those people who's like, hey, man, I heard you got a, a raise at your job the other day. Man, Praise God. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Now I got to pay more taxes. 
And man, it doesn't even equate to a cost of living increase. Have you seen the price at the pump? And my dog tore up the carpet and I stubbed my toe and the wife backed into a tree. And, oh, but praise God, I'm blessed. What's the content of your character? God's not delivering you from a problem just to get you to your next problem. He's delivering you from your problems to give you joy and abundance and the ability to live the Great Commission and seeing of his wonders and his grace and how good he is. When the Lord moves in your life, what are the accompanying words that come out of your mouth? Psalm 9.1 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Pause for a moment. And give thanks to God and tell somebody, tell somebody the goodness of God moving in your life. You know, in many parts of the world, it's illegal to share your faith without being asked to share your faith. It's illegal in many countries to go to the people who have, whether it's Muslim or Hindu, to go to them and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. But you can do that if they ask. So it puts a big impetus on how you live your life because they're not going to come to a defeated Christian and say, I want some of what you got because everything seems wrong all the time. (laughs) But they will come to you in a time of difficulty or time of sorrow and they see the joy that's in your countenance. They see how you can praise your God when things are good and when things aren't so good. And they can say, tell me a little bit more about why you, you are this way and a wide open door comes available to you. It's not just some far off land. It's your neighbor down the street. It's the atheist in your office. It's the person who has nominal faith or, or had a bad church experience and turned their back on God. Are you able to proclaim the goodness of God in your life regularly? Are you that magnet that's drawing people? Acts 310. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for some audience participation here in just a second. When they realized He was. Everybody say he was. was. Say it one more time. He was. was. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. He was. He was a lame beggar. He was a burden to his friends. Yeah, think about it. Every day, the Bible is very clear. Every day he goes to the gate beautiful. Somebody had to take him. Somebody shows up picks him up and his mat and his pillow and every day his faithful friends bring him down to this gate beautiful and sit him down so that he could be a blight to society, so that he could contribute nothing to society, so that he could solely receive from society. He had nothing to offer, yet daily his friends went and picked him up, brought him down, made sure he had something to eat, something to drink while he's sitting there all day long. Then they would come and pick him up and bring him home. What faithful friends that would do this for somebody who had no way to pay them back. And he was a burden to his friends. Don't be, if you're, don't be the burden to your friends. Don't be the burden to your friends if you don't have, if you don't have to be. He was a man who could not contribute to society, only detract from it. He was jobless. He was unable to support a family. He was a man with no hope. He was hopeless. He was stuck in the land of was. He was stuck in the was. That's what he was. 
And in the was, he couldn't have a family, he couldn't have a job, he couldn't pay taxes, he couldn't, he couldn't be a productive member of society. There was something holding him back. He was, he was mired in a bog. He was, he was chained to a stone. He couldn't move. He was in a prison cell. He was stuck without hope. He wasn't in the place where they do miracles. He wasn't by the sheep's gate. He wasn't over where the waters got stirred every day and, and, and people were brought into the water. That's not where he was. He was at the beggar's gate because he'd given up hope on healing. He was without hope. He was without a job. He was without a family. He was without money. He was without, without, without. He was stuck in the was. But he hears the name of Jesus. And he encounters someone who knew Jesus. And he became a walker. He became a runner. He became a jumper. He became a worshiper. He became a beacon of praise. He became more than he ever imagined because he was touched by God. Yesterday, Talon Sutton, he was a single man. And he became married. Yesterday, Micah Sutton, he was a father. And he became a father-in-law. You are something, but what are you going to become? And if you're still here, God's not finished with you yet. So that means there's a journey for you. And there'll come a point in time, another day, where you'll look back at the day you are today, and today will be the was. Yes, sir. Mike Acosta was this. Mike Acosta was in Sylvania, Ohio, preaching the word of God. Mike Acosta has become, what am I going to become? What are you going to become? You got baptized today. You were unbaptized, but now you are baptized, so what are you going to become? Because you're out of the was. And this man was stuck in the was. David was a lowly shepherd who became a giant slayer. Moses was adopted who became a deliverer. Rahab was a harlot who became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Paul was a murderer who became a great apostle. Peter was a fisherman who became a world changer. And Jesus was a carpenter who became a savior. Don't stay stuck in the was. And what have you lost hope? What has been your burden? What is God asking you to do today that you know you cannot do? We know the Christian platitudes of scriptures, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But we haven't. Because we're stuck in the was. Romans 8.31. If God be for us, who can stand against us? But I'm still struggling. Because I'm stuck in the was. I can't get out. Maybe somebody spoke something over me and I've bound myself to it and I can't move beyond it. I've I've attached my identity to something less than what I always dreamed that I could be. Maybe it's the business that needs to be started or the degree that needs to be gotten. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe you've been stuck in a marriage for a really long time. You've been, your marriage has, has just become such a rut and such a routine. How about you do something a little bit different? How about you take your marriage and give it up to God and see what God can do with it? Why don't you introduce Jesus Christ back into your marriage? Do something crazy, you know, like, like every single day, grab the hands of your husband or wife and look deep into their eyes and say a prayer of thanksgiving for them and watch what God can do inside of your marriage and get you out of the was of the rut of marriage and make it the most prolific marriage the world has ever seen. Why not you? Why not you? Why not your marriage? Why not your kids? Why not your finances? Get out of the land of was and become. You see how it worked was Peter was a fisherman who encountered Jesus Christ and became an evangelist 
and brought Jesus Christ with him and encountered a lame beggar. And the lame beggar encountered Jesus Christ and brought him with him and encountered people in the courtyard who were astounded at at who he was and who he had become. And now he had a new opportunity to share Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is called the Great Commission. Create disciples. Tell your testimony. What has God done for you? And get out of the land of was. And if you are stuck, if you're in a rut, if you're not moving forward in life, you're only moving forward in time, but you're not moving forward in life, you may be stuck in a was. And you need to become... And the bridge between was and become is Jesus Christ. Peter himself was powerless to change the lame man into a walking man. But but Jesus, Jesus can do it. Jesus can save a soul. Jesus can save a marriage. Jesus can save a career. Jesus can save a child. Jesus can. Jesus can. I want you to think about these three quick takeaways from this, this message today. In verse 7, expect elevation. <laughs> the lame man took Peter by the hand and expected to do something he had never done. Expect it. You got to expect to win. You got to expect that God is for you, not against you. That he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Expect your marriage to become prolific. Expect, expect your finances to grow because you're going to do the right thing and you're going to get out of the land of was and you're going to accept Jesus Christ and bring him into every aspect of your life. This Christian misnomer that, that Jesus desires to be first and your marriage second and your kids third. No, 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 no. He wants to be at the first place in every part of your life. Jesus wants to be first in your marriage and first with your kids and first in your money. He wants to be first in every aspect of your life and that unleashes and unlocks the blessings of all of heaven into your world. And it's available to every single believer. It's not reserved for somebody who preaches on a stage or has pastor by their name. It's for every believer because you are the church. You are the church. You are the church. And when you walk outside these doors and you go into the, the, the gas station that's down the street and you're humming that, that worship song that you heard and you're replaying in your mind, people coming up out of the baptism waters going, whoa, yeah, and you're on fire and you're fired up and somebody says, Hey, what's, uh, what are you so excited about? Let me tell you what Jesus did in my church today. You'll mess around. You'll mess up these, these Midwesterners. You'll mess them up. But they might want some of what you got. Hey, do your non-Christian friends want what you got? Do they want what you got? If they don't, you're stuck in the land of was bring Jesus in a little bit more second thing go all in verse 8 he didn't just take shaky steps he ran and he jumped his way into his miracle Peter just said walk he's like man I can do more than walk now he he was unstoppable he was no longer he could have said oh great now my legs work I got to get a job I'm going to have to pay taxes. Probably going to have to get a wife, raise kids. Seriously? But you know somebody like that. Oh, God, my legs are working. Now I need a job. Next problem. Your legs work, man. He's so fired up. He's jumping. He's singing. He is pumped up. He was unstoppable inside of that moment. 
And the third thing, give thanks. If you're winning in life, give thanks. And if you can more closely relate to the lame beggar, give thanks. I want to do this. I want to say a prayer with you. It's a salvation prayer because it begins with getting out of the land of was. You got to meet Jesus. And I don't want to assume that everybody online or the people here, everybody here has said yes to Jesus. So I want us to say a prayer together. So in a second, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and I'm going to ask you to say this prayer. You'd be like, Pastor, I'm already saved. Don't worry, it's not going to make you more saved. But what it might do is encourage and motivate and inspire somebody sitting close to you to make the greatest profession of their entire life to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their life. And we have the chance to participate in that, the greatest of all miracles, right now. Right now. So if you would just bow your heads and say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for ears to hear and a heart to receive your word. Lord, I've been stuck in the land of was. I want out. I want a future. I want eternity. I want you, Jesus. So I give you my sin. I give you my past. I give you my failures. And I receive from you the promise of eternal life. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Can we give him a hand clap of praise today? Let's do this. I'm going to ask everybody to stand up for a second. If you're a prayer partner, why don't you come down to the front? And if you just prayed that prayer of salvation for the first time, or the first time you ever really meant it, I want you to come find a prayer partner and I want you to connect with them because these folks are experts at praying and they can agree with you and get you started on the journey. Or maybe you are saved, but you've been stuck in the land of was and you need out. You need to become something greater than what you've been. And you know that Jesus is the catalyst to take was to become. And that can be you today. The worship team's gonna worship for a couple of minutes. The altars are open. Consider what God can do in your life.